Tanya walked to the kitchen, inky dark at the end of the hall. Her footsteps made the old floor creak. In her arms, Antonio stirred and lifted his head, then settled it again on her shoulder. She could feel his hot, moist breath on her neck. In the kitchen, she lost her nerve to be still and quiet and flipped on the light in a rush. The fluorescent tubing spluttered as it always did, the gases heating slowly, dimly, then flaring to abrupt life. On the floor in shattered tiny pieces was Tanya's china, the exquisite saucers and one-of-a-kind dinner plates that she had collected for years were shattered all over the kitchen. He'd ground some below his boots, for the china was powdered in places and the linoleum below it gouged with the ferocity of Victor's rage. Tanya stared at the leavings of his violence and fought back tears. She had a restraining order against him, but he ignored it. Seven times she called the police and signed complaints. In desperation, she had gone into hiding, moving every three months, so he would never know for sure where she was. He tracked her each time, once all the way to Santa Fe. A deep and painful ache of fear beat in her chest. This time, he would kill her. Two days ago, he'd accosted her at a supermarket in front of witnesses, and the police had arrested him. Now he was out of jail, and he knew where to find her. Very slowly, she backed out of the kitchen. It all counted against her later. Tanya settled Tonio on the couch and filled his daycare bag with extra clothes, his teddy bear, and the blanket he could not sleep without, plenty of underwear, and his favorite toys. Then she sat down in her kitchen, brushing shards of china from the table and chair, and wrote her son a letter that she tucked in among his things. She took him to a daycare home she trusted, then drove back to her house. It was just past eleven. In the ruins of her kitchen, she sat down to wait, and as she waited, she remembered. Victor, winking at her across the crowded school auditorium the first time she'd seen him, the gentle trembling of his hands as he kissed her the first time, the passionate avowals of love he'd pressed upon her, the flowers he brought in apology when his temper had got the better of him, the jealous rages that had become more and more frequent. At 2.37 she heard Victor at the back door, drunk and cursing, as he jimmied the lock, she lifted the phone and dialed 911. Victor kicked the door. I'm gonna kill you, honey. He kicked it again, and the windows rattled under the impact. To the girl at the end of the emergency line, Tanya said, I need the police at 132 Mariposa. A man is breaking into my house. She knew if she said it was her ex-husband, the police wouldn't come as quickly. Victor roared in obscenity and kicked the door. Tanya winced. Please, hurry, she begged and dropped the phone. She ran for her bedroom, hearing the threshold splinter as Victor barreled into the back room. He roared his name for her. Tanya scrambled in her drawer for the loaded revolver she'd put there and rushed into the bathroom. In the bathroom, she locked the door and crouched in a corner praying in the nonsensical words of the terrified, Please! 
Please, please. The words meant, please make him go away, and please don't let him find me, and please don't let him hurt me any more. Last time. Oh, last time. Annie! In the living room, she heard things breaking and chairs being overturned and a low, growling roar that struck a panting, mindless terror through her. He didn't even know he did it, but the animal sound meant his temper was beyond all mortal limits, that drink and rage had turned him into a beast, a beast that had mauled her in the past. Not again, she clasped the gun between her violently trembling, sweaty hands. In the distance, she heard sirens. Please, please, please.